This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com slash critical to find out more. Just a few years ago, Vladimir Zelensky was a comedian and actor playing Ukraine's president on television. Now he's a real-life wartime leader directing his country in its fight against a Russian invasion. In this quiz shortcut, we look at Zelensky's early life, his path into politics, and how he's galvanised Ukrainians and the West behind resisting Russia. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, an unlikely hero in Russia's war on Ukraine has been Vladimir Zelensky. He's become a familiar face since the war broke out. So let's get to know him a bit more. He was born in 1978, which makes him 44, and grew up in a working class city in central Ukraine. Yeah, he grew up in the city of Kraiv Ri, which is on the eastern side of Ukraine, which was home to the country's biggest steel mill. His father, though, was a professor of mathematics and his mother was trained as an engineer. The family spoke Russian, as most families did in those parts, uh, given it was part of the Soviet Union. Another important thing to understand about Zelensky is his religion. His family is Jewish and many of his relatives were killed in the Holocaust. Yeah, and his grandfather and other family members of that generation died fighting the Nazis with the Soviet Union's Red Army. Decades later, Zelensky said he grew up in an ordinary Soviet Jewish family, uh, which is to say not very religious because religion didn't exist in the Soviet states as such, he said. And reports say that the professional roles held by Zelensky's parents meant that he grew up in one of the more well-to-do suburbs in what sounded like a pretty bleak city. Things got a lot worse after the Soviet Union fell apart in 1991 and his hometown became what he called a city of bandits. Yeah, so lots of petty crime and violence. Zelensky and his mates, though, stayed out of trouble. Uh, He was more interested in playing the guitar. And when he finished school, he gained a place at the local university to study law and he also joined a sketch comedy group. He finished uni in his early 20s, but he fell in love with performing, which he did throughout Ukraine and Russia. He went on to form a production company known as District 95 in English. That's after his old neighbourhood. And Claire, he continued to perform and his humour was pretty bawdy. Yeah, look, let's put it this way. His signature sketch has Zelensky uh, pretending to play the piano with his man bits. (laughs) And look, it's not going to be my recommendation today for this shortcut. Uh, You can head to Google yourself if that's your thing. Look, I should probably clarify at this point that you can't actually see anything, but it's pretty memorable. (laughs) Uh, A few years out of university, Claire, Zelensky married his girlfriend, Olena Zelenska. Yeah, she grew up in the same city as Zelensky. They met at uni and she studied architecture there. Uh, They had a shared love of comedy and Zelenska worked at District 95 as a scriptwriter. They have two children, an 18-year-old daughter, Alexandra, and a nine-year-old son, Grillo. 
Comedy and acting became a pathway to a new life, and it was an unlikely pathway into politics. Let's go over how he became Ukraine's president next. Vladimir Zelensky went into politics. His production company was a successful outfit and he was a pretty big deal too. Yeah, he was starring in movies, mostly romantic comedies as the lead. Uh, And it wasn't just acting and producing that he excelled at. He also won uh, Ukraine's Dancing with the Stars in 2006. So yeah, he was quite the celeb. Yeah, and he was a popular figure for many years, but his biggest hit was yet to come. That was a sitcom called Servant of the People, and it first aired in 2015. In that, Zelensky plays a high school teacher who delivers a big rant against corruption one day at school, and that's filmed by one of his students who posts it on YouTube. Long story short, Claire, he becomes president in the sitcom, and that landed during a time of political turbulence in his own country. Yeah, it was a big show that did seem right for the time. So just to step back a bit, in 2013, President Viktor Yanukovych was in charge of Ukraine. Uh, He was backed by Russia and he rejected a deal for greater integration with the European Union. That sparked mass protests and long story short, Yanukovych uh, was run out of the country and he was replaced at an election in mid-2014 by Petro Poroshenko, uh, who pledged to look west rather than east to Russia. Russia wasn't thrilled by that and there's been ongoing fighting since then and when the next election came around in 2019, as Zelensky's celebrity continued to rise he decided to take a shot at politics. Yeah, and his campaign was pretty radical. He didn't take part in any of the debates or publish a detailed policy platform. His main theme was to heal the relationship with Russia Uh, but during that campaign he kept touring the country with his comedy show uh, and during During that time, the third series of Servant of the People dropped on Netflix in the days before the election and he went on to win it. Uh, Nearly three quarters of voters backed him in that final round of voting. That's quite incredible, isn't it? And the kicker here in this story is that he named his political party Servant of the People. It became the first party to control both the legislature and the executive branch of parliament. It's quite remarkable. The fun was over, though, Claire. Zelensky took over a country in conflict with Russia. And he said that his priority was peace, so that was his promise to voters. But he faced an obstacle uh, in the country's most important ally, America, when it froze aid worth nearly $400 million. Uh, Most of it was meant to shore up Ukraine's military. That was a move mandated by President Donald Trump, who was pressuring Zelensky to investigate his opponent, Joe Biden's son, Hunter. I think that's the first time I actually heard of Zelensky, Claire, but I think you're going to have to explain that a bit more. Yeah, and we could do a whole shortcut on that saga (laughs) because it is quite complex. But what it's about is Hunter Biden was on the board of a Ukrainian energy company called Burisma. Uh, Meanwhile, his dad was vice president of the United States and had pushed Ukraine to fire a prosecutor who had been seen as corrupt. The prosecutor was fired, uh, but he said that Joe Biden went after him because he had opened a case uh, into corruption at Burisma. And the Bidens say they never discussed it, but it was really messy nonetheless. And Trump blew it sky high, pressuring Zelensky to open an investigation. 
Yeah, and that's because Joe Biden was shaping up his favourite to be the Democratic nominee for president. Uh, in one phone call in July 2019, Trump urged Zelensky eight times to work with his right-hand man, that was Rudy Giuliani, uh, on an investigation that would be originated in Ukraine, uh, but nothing happened and aid was frozen. Trump said that he had concerns about corruption in Ukraine and how that money might be spent. But the suggestion that a president sought to leverage congressionally approved aid money to damage his rival was a huge deal. Yeah, and he was impeached by the House over it. Uh, He wasn't convicted in the Senate, though, remember. That was the first impeachment of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, And eventually the $400 million in aid was released to Ukraine. Uh, For Zelensky's part, he was said to have felt very cornered by Trump's demands. Uh, And it was a steep learning curve for a guy who had no political background uh, and to encounter that in his first weeks of office. Gosh, you can only just wrap your head around that one. But when that bizarre chapter was over, Zelensky had to return to the really pressing task, which was trying to deal with Russia. Let's get into that next. Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser, BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals and schools. And a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. It was the end of 2019 when Zelensky first met with Russian President Vladimir Putin, but no headway was made on the big issues like the annexation of Crimea and the Russian-backed areas in the east of Ukraine. Yeah, and also going on was Putin's close friend, Viktor Medvedchuk, uh, who chaired the biggest opposition party in the Ukrainian parliament. He was placed under house arrest as a key target of an anti-Russia crackdown. So suffice to say that Ukraine-Russia relations really didn't improve in those early days of Zelensky's presidency. And Putin was reportedly furious about his mate being locked down. But there was other stuff happening too. Yeah, like Putin's concerns about NATO pushing east, further towards Russia, and also his long-held belief that Ukraine and Russia are one people. So those are all factors that saw Russian troops start massing on the border in late 2021. And Zelensky and his team took some convincing that Russia was getting ready to invade because they were used to things being tense between the countries. Yeah, and there were meetings between Kiev and Washington, D.C. U.S. intelligence officials and diplomats tried to convince Zelensky's team of what they thought was about to happen. Uh, They backed up those warnings with satellite imagery of Russian military and hardware uh, being stockpiled at that border, uh, as well as intercepted communications. Needless to say, though, Claire, things did escalate. And on the early morning of the 24th of February, both Putin and Zelensky appeared on TV. 
Yeah, Putin was very angry. He outlined his plans. Meanwhile, Zelensky chose to speak directly to the Russian people, uh, saying that he had tried and failed to reach Putin, uh, adding, and this is the quote, you are told that these flames will bring freedom to Ukraine, but the people of Ukraine are already free. In attacking us, you will see our faces, not our backs. And he really kept his word on that one, Claire. There's no doubt Russia has vastly superior forces. Many of those have not yet been deployed. And with no on-the-ground military support, Zelensky transformed into a wartime leader, appealing to his people to fight. And to do that, he had to be very visible and very calm. Uh, On the second day after Russia invaded, Zelensky went outside with his closest aides and recorded a message. We are all here, he said, and he's showing the footage of the capital behind him. And he said that America's offer of evacuating him and his family, uh, he said, I need ammunition, not a ride. That line really doesn't get old, does it? Uh, And it's lines like that where Zelensky's courage have become a symbol of the country's broader will to fight. Yeah, and he's been very clear with his messaging. Uh, Zelensky went on camera to sign a formal application to join the European Union. Uh, He became the first foreign leader to address the European Union Parliament. Uh, He's also addressed the UK Parliament and the US Congress. So he is really working the virtual room. The well-respected foreign affairs journal published a piece last week saying that Zelensky has transformed from a former comedian and a provincial politician with delusions of grandeur into a bona fide statesman. But Claire, there's one thing his impressive comms can't get him. Yeah, and that's US or NATO military support. Uh, It's a big problem for Ukraine in that fight against Russia. Uh, We've gone into all of that in a shortcut about NATO and what's happening with that sort of support. So check that out if that's of interest to you. Uh, And while about a billion US dollars in weapons and ammunition has been promised to Ukraine by Western nations, including Australia, it's a big ask to expect them to hold out without boots on the ground. And that's why there's a lot of focus on talks and what settlement can be brokered. We'll no doubt hear more about Zelensky's capabilities to make a deal as that continues. And that's your shortcut to Vladimir Zelensky. Now on to our recommendations. I'm going to recommend a clip of Zelensky long before he became president when he was a contestant on Dancing with the Stars, as you mentioned. He's an excellent dancer, a real performer. It's worth a watch. <laughs> wonder what his foxtrot's like. <laughs> uh, and I've got a link to an article from The Atlantic uh, about Zelensky finding himself as an unlikely president at the centre of US politics and the impeachment of Donald Trump. It was a really remarkable chapter that feels like for ago, but it really wasn't so long ago at the same time. No, what we're talking three years ago, but it does feel like a different world, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Thanks so much for tuning into Squeeze Shortcuts. If you like our shortcut, you might want to consider leaving a review in your podcast app. We love getting your recommendations on shortcuts. So if you have any ideas, get in touch with hello at thesquiz.com.au. Until next week. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. 
tell your barista, tell your hairdresser, whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.